Yeah, yeah. Yeah. DC. Uh, road to the glory. Who wanna be a millionaire? Taking care of your people, that's how you really care. I'm making hits down the line, and it's very fair. So if you looking for the dawn, I'm everywhere. Everywhere, yet still yet nowhere at all. I've been all around the world, still nothing to call. My scene, my home, my queen, I don't. I'm tired of sitting in dreams, now I'm mastering mine. Yes, yes, because I'm faster than time. I had to slow it down, bring it back for this rhyme. <laughs> yes, I'm just mastering time. Even when I'm off the track, you know I'm mastering mine. I'm a mastermind. I had to slow it down and give you bastards some time. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm back to shine. Inshallah, just to pass the time. DC. Thinking aloud, silence of the lamb, it created the shroud. <laughs> Pocket was empty, maybe passing with Stroud. Now I'm ahead in the clouds, I'm never uttering sounds. I'm the best up in your city, I'm the best in your town. Ask all of the people, they asking around. Talking investments, paper cash is inbound. Train to Manhattan, they just passenger bound. DC. Oh. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast, where we delve into a major shakeup in the NFL landscape. The Cincinnati Bengals have been dealt a heavy blow as their star quarterback, Joe Burrow, will miss the remainder of the season. Coach Zach Taylor announced this devastating news on Friday, following Burrow's injury in the Bengals' recent 34-20 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. During Thursday's clash, Burrow experienced a pivotal moment. He felt a pop in his right wrist in the second quarter, leading to his exit from the game and eventual rule-out after halftime. Burrow's attempt to push through the pain was unsuccessful. Taylor has indicated that surgery is likely needed to repair the torn ligament. With Burrow sidelined, the spotlight turns to backup quarterback Jake Browning. In his first significant NFL action against the Ravens, Browning completed 8 of 14 passes for 68 yards and a touchdown. Despite the setback, Taylor remains optimistic, affirming, this season is far from over for the 5-5 five and five Bengals. This incident marks the second major quarterback injury in the AFC North in just three days. Cleveland Browns' Deshaun Watson also concluded his season early due to a fractured throwing shoulder incurred in a game against the same team, the Ravens. Adding to the Bengals' challenges, the NFL is scrutinizing the team's handling of Burroughs' injury status before Thursday's game.
A video posted and later removed by the Bengals showed Burrow with a possible soft cast, raising questions about compliance with NFL injury report policies. Jake Browning, an undrafted free agent from Washington who's been with the Bengals since 2021, now steps into a pivotal role. He's slated for his first career start on November 26 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This shift has significantly impacted the Bengals' Super Bowl odds, now standing at 150 to 1 from a prior 12 to 1. For Joe Burrow, this is a repeat of a distressing pattern. Another season-ending injury in Week 11, echoing his 2022 ACL and MCL tier. Stay tuned as we explore the implications of this major development and how it reshapes the AFC North and the Bengals' season. I definitely feel like this injury is very significant, um, not just from like an obvious standpoint of the fact that Joe Burrow won't be playing for the rest of the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it's a, it's a moment where it's like football is one of the wildest sports ever because I'm fairly confident I cannot name five quarterbacks at any given time that are better than Joe Burrow. But I hate injuries because they seem to rob us all the time of a potential dynasty or like continuity. So at this stage of the game, the AFC North is one of the most competitive divisions in the entire NFL. Two of the four starting quarterbacks are now hurt which means that drastically changes everything for those for those teams. Like, game preparations have to be different. It, and it's not by the fault of the quarterbacks. Like, they are all elite because they have made it to the NFL. But imagine if Cleveland would have kept Josh Dobbs, now in hindsight. And then Jake Brown, and all credit to him, it is just such a vast drop-off from Joe Burrow to Jake Browning. But the team itself can still rally together. And if they believe in Jake Browning each and every Sunday, then Jake Browning will be able to showcase the talent that he has in a manner that should allow them to still win. But that's, a lot of that has to also do with the, the coaching staff. Like, are they going to be able to rally the troops? They still have elite talent. Um, the pass rush, it, it, it will get healthier. They were, you know, a couple key players were injured or dealing with something. And on offense, Jamar Chase is always open. Um, that's just, he said it, and that's just a fact. So Joe Mixon is still going to be Joe Mixon. That's an all-pro caliber running back. T. Higgins, I don't, I have to actually see what, what was T. Higgins' injury? I, I'm not going to lie to you. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. T. Higgins. Because what did he hurt? Well, I'm sure somebody will know as they listen to it in the comments. Yeah, no, actually, I want to know now. Hold on. T. Higgins. I've been so unconnected. Well, hold on. Let me see. Oh, yeah, the hamstring injury. Oh, yeah, those are nagging. Like, those could end up being something that really matter. 
But if T. Higgins can recover, they have elite talent on both sides of the ball. But if they can't recover, and the Browns also now with an elite defense, they are missing their starting quarterback, and they must turn to a rookie quarterback. It just speaks volumes as to what could happen in the NFL. The Ravens also lost Mark Andrews, who is a significant piece of their offense. But it just always is different when your franchise quarterback, who you're paying a few hundred million dollars, is available and performing. Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the NFL probably ever from a talent perspective. And he's completing almost 70% of his passes with the ability to make the defense read the last name on the back of the jersey at any moment ever. It's, it's scary hours. Like, seriously. Um, the NFL is going to end up playing out a lot differently than it usually does. Um because I, at this point, are the Baltimore Ravens not playing the best football? I don't know. Uh, I'll have to crunch some numbers and look at things, but I think I feel pretty good about that statement for a reason. But that's enough because the Bears still won, okay? And now Justin Fields is back. That's all I'm going to say on the subject. Bear down. Welcome back. Next, we shine a spotlight on a historic moment in Major League Baseball. For the first time in the 92-year history of the MVP award, both leagues have crowned unanimous most valuable players, Shohei Otani in the American League and Ronald Acuna Jr. in the National League. Otani, a standout two-way player, made history by becoming the first player to win the MVP award unanimously twice previously achieving this in 2021. Despite not pitching for a significant part of the last two months, Otani received all 30 first place votes from the Baseball Writers Association of America. Celebrating this moment, Otani, with a puppy on his lap, humbly acknowledged his competitors and expressed his determination to come back stronger. In the National League, Ronald Acuna Jr., the dynamic right fielder for the Atlanta Braves, claimed his first MVP award, edging out Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Acuna's season was nothing short of spectacular, leading the NL in several categories and becoming the first member of the exclusive 4070 club. Interestingly, both MVP winners have parallel stories. Otani, who has been a sensation since arriving in the United States, has overcome significant injuries including a recent Tommy John surgery. Despite this, he's expected to return strong with a potentially record-breaking free agent contract on the horizon. Acuna, who also won the NL Rookie of the Year Award in 2018, made a remarkable comeback from a torn ACL in 2021. His 2023 season showcased his exceptional talent and adaptability benefiting from the new MLB rules that favor base stealing. I think it goes without question that it is ridiculous what we are seeing in Major League Baseball. Um, the MVP award, I believe, underscores that two unanimous MVPs, um, one one of the most dynamic two-way superstars the game has ever seen, and then the other one, is a megastar from Atlanta. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. is 
one of the best players on the planet. Like all MLB players are, you know, they've had that claim. But like Ronald Acuna Jr. is someone who is simply elite at what he does in almost every facet of the game. And then I can say the same thing for Shohei Otani. Um, obviously, like <laughs> Shohei Otani is ridiculous. Being able to be a two-way star, both on the mound and at the plate. Um, the crazy thing is for me is that Acuna isn't leaving Atlanta. At least not that I can foresee. But the Chicago Cubs, which are my favorite franchise, have an opportunity to at least have a meeting with Shohei. I assume this to be the case. The Chicago Cubs are a team in a a unique situation. They have a regional sports network. They're one of the most valuable brands in sports. And if the Ricketts are willing to, um, they should have a blank check for Otani. When they reward him for being this dynamic superstar, both on and off the field of play, then that means the next time Shohei Otani um, wins a championship, Wrigley Field will be the epicenter of the world. The face of the Chicago Cubs for their next championship, if the first time was a party, the second time is going to be a massive celebration. (laughs) Like, when it once is an achievement because of the longevity and the historical aspect, but now Chicago is a, a city where the last time that there has been a championship was 2021 when the Chicago Sky brought home the WNBA championship, unless I'm missing something. The four core sports are in a transitional period, and the next of them to win is going to be a big party. So, Shohei Otani in Chicago, it almost seems to be a match made in heaven now that there's a designated hitter rule. I fully anticipate as a Cubs fan, I would be even be okay with the disappointment if he ended up deciding to go someplace else because the potential dynasty that would be in place is that great of a reward. So I'll be waiting because that breaking news, Shohei Otani has signed. No matter where he ends up, is going to be crazy. But if it says Shohei Otani has agreed to terms with the Chicago Cubs on a such-and-such year contract for such-and-such money, it'll be a a fun day. It'll be really fun uh, as a Cubs fan. But then also, yeah, baseball is moving into a different space. I was saying that I I think they need to, they need to, they need to digitize this a little bit more. Um, I think all sports could benefit from being just more accessible. Uh, but we'll see what happens and what the game does to grow in that regard. But the Chicago Cubs, if if this is that offseason, because I don't think we've had that type of offseason ever. Because uh, even the 2016 teams were built primarily in-house. 
this would be the biggest free agent signing possibly in sports. For sure in Cubs history. Because Jason Hayward is the largest paid player so far. It's an exciting time to be a Cubs fan. Go Cubs, go. Welcome to our last segment today where we dive into the exciting world of NBA prop bets. Today, we're looking at a compelling four-leg parlay. First up, we have Victor Wimbanyama, the Spurs forward center, facing off against the Kings. Wimbanyama has been on a rebounding tear recently, averaging 10.3 rebounds in November and a remarkable 12.5 against top-tier competition. Considering his increased playing time, now over 35 minutes in recent home games, betting on him to surpass 10 rebounds seems like a smart move. Next, we shift our focus to LaMelo Ball, point guard for the Hornets, in their matchup against the Bucks. Ball has been lighting up the scoreboard with an average of 29.8 points over the last five games. Factor in the Bucks' defensive challenges without Drew Holiday and Ball's potential face-off with Damian Lillard. And it's easy to see why he's favored to exceed 25.5 points. Our third leg takes us to Jalen Brunson, the Knicks point guard, in their game against the Wizards. Brunson has emerged as the Knicks' leading scorer, especially potent against teams with weaker defenses. With the Wizards struggling defensively, Brunson's previous average of 26.5 points against them last season adds confidence to a bet on him topping 25.5 points. Finally, we turn to Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets as they take on the Pelicans. While Jokic may find it challenging to exceed 32.5 points against a stout Pelicans defense, his assist numbers tell a different story. Averaging 11.3 assists in recent matchups against them, a bet on Jokic surpassing 9.5 assists seems judicious, particularly in light of the Pelicans' enhanced defensive play. Each of these bets individually holds intrigue, but combined they form a parlay that could yield significant returns with the plus 1,241 odds. And that wraps up another engaging episode of El Ganso de Taberna. Today we've journeyed through a landscape of sports events and narratives. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the world of sports. Your engagement and passion for the stories we share make every episode a unique experience. We hope today's insights and discussions have added to your understanding and enjoyment of these diverse sports landscapes. Remember to tune in for our next episode of An Eye on Things. For more in-depth analysis, compelling stories, and the inside scoop on the sports world. Whether you're a seasoned fan or new to the game, there's always something to discover and explore with us. Until next time, keep an eye on things and stay tuned for more. Goodbye for now.